Yo, welcome to another episode of Fun With Dumb. Today's guest is a really good friend of mine. He is an innovator. He is a inventor, a musician, producer, uh, an app developer. I guess a lot of those kind of cross over, but his name is Mike Gao. Yeah, yeah, it's and, your boy. And he is a legend in my book and many others. How you doing, Mike? Fantastic, fantastic. What what would would you say is your main thing? Um, I don't know. I I guess my main thing is music. You know, everything is music or like visual or audio visual oriented. Yeah, you're a music producer. I've known you like ten plus years. We started in the music scene together, playing shows, handing out flyers to shows. This is before. Um, there was MySpace or internet flyers. Like, there's not really much physical flyers anymore, huh? Yeah, huh? Like, you'll go to shows, and maybe at the end of the shows, they might pass you flyers, but not much. Yeah, it's definitely not as much as before. You know, I remember uh, seeing that Project Blowed. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day, the street teams were crazy. Like, you used to just be, you used to go to your car, and the, your whole windshield would just be bombarded flyers. with flyers. Yeah. And, and I remember, like, when that transition, because I remember when I sometimes I'd have four shows in one month, and I'd carry, carry around four stacks of flyers in my backpack and pull up to spots and pass out flyers to shows. Damn. And I used to, like, pride myself in that, having multiple flyers, like, like I got these shows this month and like I just felt good that I had four shows and I had four flyers to give you you know what I mean damn <laughs> yeah. save the Amazon y'all no more flyers yeah, yeah no more flyers man the Amazon is burning um but yeah and then I remember like going to MySpace and remember you had to like oh yeah your top six that was like the most important thing you know and you had to code like the flyers oh, when yeah. you put in the bulletins. Do you remember that? Yeah, MySpace was cool because like nerds like me had had an advantage. We could like finesse the HTML a little bit, you know, have some animations. Yeah, you had to have HTML coding skills to pass around the flyers back then. But but that's also the demise of MySpace because it was it was too DIY, so it, was, it became hella spammy. Like people had hella spammy ass looking pages, you know. Right, right. You know how I I remember like first time I ever got shows or like looked for shows to get on was I would go on different artists page on MySpace. Like, you know, there's artists, MySpace pages, they have a section for shows. Oh, so I go on other artists pages and see the show section, click on the shows and see who's the promoter. promoter and, then, and, and then, then I hit them up, up like, yo, you need to open <laughs> for that. And that's how I get on shows. Oh, damn. Yeah. Very, uh, productive. I used to do that type of shit too, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. What, um, what, um, since I've met you, like the producer scene has changed a lot you know um back then it was just like you kind of making beats for uh, a lot of artists uh, but now it's like obviously the producer goes out doing shows and touring like i feel like you kind of were early on that though doing yeah. shows and performances i mean I, I was definitely doing that a lot you know with like low and theory and like it, it became cool to be like a, a producer doing instrumental shit but i feel like that's kind of taken it's kind of like stepped back from there in the last couple of years with with soundcloud's demise and kind of like the major labels coming in and um shutting down soundcloud kind of with the lawsuits sh shutting down remixes because for a second like producers some of their remixes were doing better than these major label drops you know like a chris brown song would do like 10k on soundcloud but the remix of the song would like wow you know do like a hundred in a day and just go crazy you know that's crazy so so you're saying the producer scene has changed um since that since that in the last couple of years i feel like it's it's fallen off a little bit even where like i feel like 
you know, there was a lot of interest in producers as the as the artist. Um, maybe two, three years ago, you know. Um, so what's happened? To has are they going back to like producing for vocalists? Or yeah, like? that's definitely. I feel like most of my producer homies they're trying to get on big songs and get on songs with like singing ass rappers. I feel like the producer thing was cool, and then now <laughs> now it's not as popping no more. Maybe, and then now the singing ass rapper lane is like the cool one or i don't know maybe that's how it was for the last two three years right and maybe people are tired of that maybe people want to hear producers again and it's kind of crazy how you could change like a uh, um a platform could just change its algorithm or format and it could just ruin careers yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like you know facebook for instance like they changed the video algorithm so now like videos don't get many views or whatnot because the way you view them. oh exactly so like content creators or even youtube right like the whole youtuber thing has changed and you can't just get views and all it was was like a programmer being like it's different <laughs> the yeah, way you search you know, videos because they were like fuck that we need to uh if you want to get views you got to pay us basically is that is that what the main thing is yeah it's all money because essentially if they weren't doing that then if everything was chronological or if everybody got the maximum engagement that they deserve right then people would just instead of paying which they already do instead of paying for ads they would pay influencers yeah for influencer marketing but then they have to be like we have to weaken the influencers so that they come to the ads right 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 i I know like your background, your original background is in producing, um, but you have like a good knowledge of programming, and that's why like you know some of the shit. And like you've also worked for mad companies and helping them like strategically, strategically figure out how to get more numbers, right? Yeah, I mean, and the thing is that is always changing. I always try not to like. I never advertise these services because I know that in the far future, with uh, machine learning, that over time, like we're not going to be able to cheat the system as easily. And it's always like you find a little thing that might work for a short amount of time and then they, they might change it. So I, I was always like, this is not a good career path. Like, you know what I mean? But people, but because I've been coding since I was like 11 and I have this app I made and I'm Chinese or something, people just come to me because <laughs> they're racist because they're like, oh, oh, Mike's Mike Mike's a nerdy. He probably but, knows how to do well, this Well, it's shit. also, I mean, you not know? just your, your, you being Chinese, but you being a very futuristic Chinese. With yeah, you futuristic know. Futuristic visors and drip. You know, it's, it's just my, it's just my brand. <laughs> it's your drip, bro. It's just my brand. And yeah. then. It's your at, binary drip. And <laughs> but what happens is as I start helping them, I start getting more knowledge and you know, I start gaining more, yeah. more skills and more knowledge. But then these little things, they only work for a short amount of time. Wait, why, why were you coding when you were 11? Um, I think my parents, they weren't buying me games at all. And they're like, if you want to play games, you got to make your own games. So then they would, <laughs> they would, they would, they would drop <laughs> Wait, me off at the mall. Yes, yeah, I'm serious. They would drop me off at the mall. And then they're like, we're not going to buy you none of these games. But, but, but they put me in the corner where there was like a, a a corner of like programming books yeah and like how to make your own game and they're like they're like you could like anything you want from that that aisle like we'll buy for you but no games you know that is hilarious yo what up y'all i wanted to tell you guys about bluechew.com if you like sex you'll love bluechew.com bluechew offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom and wouldn't you like to last longer and go extra rounds my gal i would that would be fantastic and BlueChew.com affiliated physicians work with you to find a dosage and active ingredients that is best for you. How much dosage would you think you need? I need the maximum dosage. <laughs> Chewables can work faster than pills up to twice as fast. Did you know that, my gal? 
I need a twice as fast. <laughs> <laughs> and no in-person uh, no in person doctor visit, no awkward conversations, because I know these things can get awkward. Maybe not for you, because you are a confident man. And uh, no waiting in line at a pharmacy. It ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. Oh, wow. And um, here's a great deal for you guys right now. If you visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free, when, yo, you'll get your first order free when you use my promo code DUMB, D-U-M-B. You just got to pay you the $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com with the promo code DUMB. One more time, this is a limited time offer. Go visit BlueChew.com and you'll get your first order free when you use promo code DUMB and just pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew-C-H-E-W.com. Promo code DUMB, D-U-M-B. Don't be dumb and go to BlueChew.com right now. Right, Mike Gal? Yeah. Oh, where do you put the promo code in? Right there. Oh, oh okay. D-U-M-B, BlueChew.com. Peace. Yeah. So what is, like, the first game that you program? Um, I, I would just kind of, like, reskin and right. also kind of, like, well, not just reskin. I would I would code little um, logic to do um like for example i was really into rpgs yeah but then i had like some code base for like one of these space invaders like air airplane ass games you know yeah and then i basically just created like made it so you could level up in the game and get like crazier weapons and all that yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. and then i used to put it on a little floppy disk and go to school because I'm, I'm a little bit older you know yeah i remember flo- i have floppy disk too so i mean i'm around your age so i know the floppy disk life you know are, are you wait, was this all in china or no nah, th- no nah, this was when i when i first so i was born in china i moved to japan yeah. and then this is right when i moved from japan to america and then no 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 not right when i moved to america oh yeah maybe you lived like, in japan for a while yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah maybe not right when i moved here but maybe like five years after you know when i got into my 11 12 year old kind of yeah age and then i used to just put them on discs and i used to sell them to people for five dollars at the school i'd be like yo want to get my game the a drive you know (laughs) yeah the a drive yeah yeah now i remember um i mean one cool thing that i've seen you do over the years is like kind of fuse your love for music with technology you know and like you programming like musical apps and i know one big app that uh, I don't know how many apps you've actually designed, but one that I was familiar with and you were all you're constantly boasting about <laughs> is a uh, Poly Playground. Um, and what is Poly Playground? Let's 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 show what people let's show people what this exactly is. So yeah, so so poly- that's on your iPad right now, right? Yeah, this is on my iPad right now. It's in the I- iPad store. Um, it's like thirteen dollars, but hit me up. I'll give you like a free code if you're poor. You know, thirteen dollars. If you guys are really serious about um maybe purchasing this app um for any producers out there comment below and we'll give one lucky winner yeah we'll give like three we'll we'll give three Three? lucky okay we'll give three lucky winners the code to download this app for free so explain what this app is so in my phd i came up with this theory um my papers were actually cited in ableton's uh patent for the push but they're not really doing it right like your boy um because they're not (laughs) they're not using colors to the way that I'm using it. Right. So so a lot of people like able to able to push, you know, and other people they try to make instant gratification and like uh, and they they pick that over power whereas my mine is all about like power and um there's some instant gratification modes in it, but it basically puts music in this symmetrical grid. Um so 
Okay, so this is what a guitar would look like. I don't know. You guys could probably see, like, the colors. Just just take a look at the colors. Yeah. There's no symmetry in it, right? For the listeners, you're going to have to go on YouTube.com slash funwitdumb, and then you'll see the video. Yeah, yeah. Go on YouTube and, okay. ch- and, and check out the colors. There's no symmetry in this. This is a guitar. But when you put it in my in my method, this uh, minor third by major third method, or, or Jerry Balzano's method, who was my professor, it becomes completely symmetrical. And then uh, to me, this is the mathematically perfect way to look at music. And it immediately starts to make musical relationships very apparent. And um, by using colors, you know what key you're in. Because when you get like seven colors in a row, like in a rainbow or something, um, you know, when you get when you get seven colors in a row. Put the mic close to it. Let's, let's see yeah, what you. Like I'll do a little freestyle real quick. All right. And then you guys can see the colors up there maybe a little bit too. Like. Okay, so 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 basically, when I change keys, the colors when I change keys, the colors change as well. So you know what key you're in by just the color region. And uh, a lot of these apps they like limit you to one key, but to me, like it's dead ass easy to just be on a piano and like pick one key. You feel me? But then it's hard to play in every key, like jazzy, and be able to like move around any way you want and always understand where you are. Right. And it's also really fun to like watch piano players through the system because a lot of times like. My keyboard player homies they don't know what they're playing they're just accidentally coming up with shit but in this system it makes it super easy to understand and like process what's happening theoretically so how long have you had this uh, developed i remember it's been a while now it's been a while it's since 2009 damn it's been almost 10 years 10 damn it's been 10 years anniversary of your app No, maybe 2011, 2000, okay, so okay, maybe eight, okay. yeah, maybe on a 10 Was year it like when the iPad first hit the... Yeah, literally the first week that the iPad came out in 2011, I had my app already. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's specifically for the iPad. You can't use it on the iPhone. Yeah, the iPhone, a lot of people ask me, but it's too small on right. the iPhone. I have another app on iPhone where you beatbox into the phone and recognizes it, it makes it into a MIDI file. Then you can that was cool. I always thought that was cool too. What what app is that? What's that uh, called? It's called Vocal Beater. I did that in like 2009 before Ableton, you know, before so everybody like else. Every time you beatbox into it, you can turn the set, your your snare sound, your clap sound, all that stuff into a, a MIDI file, right? Yeah, into a MIDI file. And then you can eat, and then it's velocity sensitive. So you could, because back in the day, you remember when we were in the scene in LA, it was like that Dilla scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everybody was always about that. All that swing shit where yeah. like every battle, every beat battle was like how good you could swing. So then I, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I was like, yo, if I could just transcribe my beatbox and I don't need to tap anything and I could just have the perfect swing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, I mean, besides like music apps like what if you could design an app right now what would it be it would be uh i know music is kind of your specialty but have you thought about like what kind of app you would develop uh, if it wasn't music related i would get i would make an app that would bring me uh some money (laughs) and um yeah the music maybe a dating app i'm gonna make a dating a dating app but you got to specify what kind of uh it's gonna be a dating app for nerds your filters oh that you know, is there a dating app? For, there has the, to be a dating. I don't app think for there nerds. is. And then I, 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 you're gonna have to test each other on like what programming languages you know. Right. And actually, I, I, that's a terrible idea. I'm actually. almost positive there is a dating app for nerds. There's Maybe. no way there isn't, bro. I'm gonna have to. Nerds hop on are that. out there looking for love, and then it's so easy because you can specify your knowledge of nerdy things. 
that's facts yeah yeah um that's tight, bro. I mean, I've always been a fan of this app, and I've known about it for the last 10 years and still don't know how to use it whatsoever. Um, I mean, how, how, how's the app done? I mean, it's um, been around for a while, and you've updated it so many times. Yeah, I keep, I keep it updated. Um, I keep adding new shit to it, but it, it's really steady, you know? Like, um, it, does, it does similar to, like, one of my records, if my record just stayed consistent all the time, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I... I, I no, actually, it does a lot better than a record that a record I'd put out probably, you know, over yeah. especially over a 10, 10 year timeline. You're you're, def you're definitely one of the OG like Chinese creatives that I've known in the West Coast for a long time. And and, and like, I mean, in the last couple of years, I feel like the China scene has changed crazy. Like you, you've done stuff as like a vice China correspondent. And shit, right? Yeah, I, I did like two, two little content pieces for vice um out, out in china where i was like a host you know and what's i mean you've you've kind of been you've always filled me in on like what's happening in china as far as the subculture is like what do you where do you see it right now i know i know i feel like they're kind of having a moment right is that yeah you say? I, I think they're having a moment they're having like an explosion out there you know it's like a renaissance but i think people are also really confused they don't really know what's you know you know like i, I feel like there's so many subcultures and you know there's so many opinions and People are so market driven also because the market is so big. There's six times as many people there as America and like there's so much more money out there. Yeah, how does that work? Because you have like certain providences that have their own scene. Like Chengdu is different from where uh Shanghai or whatnot, right? Like the scene or dialects or whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the dialects are different. There's there's so many subcultures where like it's starting to feel like Japan back in the day. Right. Where like every single subculture had some kind of representation that was like, but you, you remember like back in the day we used to be able to go to Japan and like go to a small city and they used to have like a, a fake Project Blowed yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like a Good Life Cafe in, right. in, in the middle of uh in the forest like in northern like Japan. you could be a super underground rapper from Los Angeles and you're only known in this one open mic like I used to go to an open mic and they had their own scene like ecosystem within that area and that open mic. And that exact same thing from like a one block radius was emulated in Japan. In Japan, exactly. Fools were rapping like certain cats at the open mic, right? Yeah, yeah. Because because uh, uh, the the open mic is Project Blow, right? And like Good Life Cafe. Yeah. And then yeah, so they called it the same thing in Japan. They called it the Good Life Cafe. And then there was like a record record store where you could find all these underground CDs. That that's crazy. You know what I mean? But I feel like China is it's kind of like like that right now. Where like there's all these little like a little side trance event or like these right. little events and then the people are super engul engulfed in it and they you know they feel like that's the most important music to them you know and, I feel and like they're like kind of next after you know like Japan was having its scene and then it kind of went to Korea with all the pop culture stuff and I feel like China's kind of like next out of those you know what i mean it's yeah. gone from each thing to each thing i i definitely think so and and i think one other reason for it reason for it is uh like the firewall makes it so the, there's so much content and so much shit that's undiscovered to mm -hmm. like the western audience right. you know so you know whoever can bring that out of there i think it's it can be compelling because it, it, there might be you know it's it's kind of like the galapagos islands or some shit where like people have been evolving and like away from everybody else kind of because the internet is so blocked right you know what i mean it, it's kind of cool to see like even like 
they have this firewall and you know you can't just access the internet like that so you have to have a real hunger and thirst for it yeah you know, I mean? you know what i mean it's it's like the people who really really are about this shit about this music they you know yeah they'll download a vpn and and it'll be a little bit slower right but they'll go on soundcloud and stuff like that majority of like porn sites in korea are blocked yeah that's true huh yeah, like I've tr I've tried to access them while I was out there. Just you know, we can't get through. Oh wow! <laughs> but some, for some reason, certain yeah ones are you can actually get through. Like they didn't they don't know about it. <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, I mean, so I met you in Los Angeles, but you were living in like Chicago too, and like we've toured together. I think we're on like a flyer or something together. Yeah, you know, we used to be in the underground hip hop scene. All these all these scenes, you know. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously the scene has changed now. It's all internet, and I feel like you, out of anybody, has adapted going into the internet more than most. You've gone into deeper into the internet than anybody else has. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I'm always trying to be on the new shit. To me, the newest shit is like this Instagram face filter. Oh yeah, yeah. You've been killing it I've on been, the Instagram I've been dropping, face filters. Yo, check out my face filters. I've been killing them. So this dude, I mean, y'all, y'all seen all the internet. I mean, the Instagram face filter stuff. But now you can have there's like user generated uh, face filters on Instagram, and you made one recently where it was like SoundCloud face tattoo rapper. Yeah, it was like, you know, it was it was like, like Twenty One Savage with the with the uh, with the Gucci Mane tattoo. And the funniest thing to do with that one is like go in the restaurants and then just point it at random people, <laughs> and then it looks like they got the tattoo. Old Asian ladies or whatnot. What? What? Uh, this is accessible right now. Yeah, you could just go onto my. It's free. It's free. Um, you just have to have the newest Instagram. A lot of my homies can't find my face filters because they don't update Instagram. But as long as you update Instagram, you just go to my page and there's like a little face. You click on that. You could just use all my filters for free. How many filters have you made so far? I think far? I have like six. I got a bunch of weird shit. I'm trying to come up with something cute for the ladies, you know? Maybe I, I just made a butterfly one for the ladies. You think that's what the ladies like, butterflies, butterflies. bro? That sounds like an outdated you know? mentality. <laughs> oh, 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 my my gangster tat one, or like my, my rapper tat one, it, it makes your eyes a little bit bigger, and it makes your face a little bit slimmer, and it beautifies. So it's, it's like an Asian beauty app mixed with right, rapper right, tattoos. Right. So that, I, um, I, you actually, I actually asked you to make me one using the mural that i have on um, on in k-town yeah so he actually made one i actually decided very last minute not to put it out and he was all mad he was like yo what the fuck i've been we working should. on this shit for 48 hours <laughs> now we, we we should put out a little exam i mean not put put out the filter but yeah but for the podcast i could even put out like a little example for you guys because it does look kind of funny because instead of instead of being the whole wall it's only your face from the wall. Right, right, right. So then it, it kind of looks a little bit funny. I think I think the way I should have done it was just keep the wall as is, and then only the mouth is their mouth. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. I was in, you know, going back, I just thought about this because we were talking earlier about, like, how you help people get some numbers or, you know, find kind of loopholes in all of it because a lot of times, of course, it's like you got to have fire content, you know, but these companies are using different uh, methods of getting more views. I know you've worked with some companies, like how much of the percentage would you say, like a lot of artists do kind of use these methods or their, or the uh, labels? I think a lot, you know, and I think people use it even when they don't necessarily need it. Like buying views type of shit? Or yeah, what? but buying views, but you have to be careful now because the, you know, a lot of these machine learning algorithms, they'll know if the ratio is off. Like 
if you buy low quality views and then because think about it when you're watching youtube a lot of people they're signed into their gmail yeah so a certain per, a huge percentage of people are signed into legitimate gmail accounts while they're watching or google accounts while they're watching youtube so if these ratios don't look right then it starts to hurt your ranking mm. and all these things you know and then uh i, I mean pretty much but they even generate the the bat like now people even generate besides the views the the equal amount of comments that oh, go with that's the views that, right that's exactly what i'm about you know and like that's what you yeah, can do that like i could definitely do how that. would you have do you have to you, do you have to do that like one by one no i have an algorithm that i code where it'll generate comments for you where i could just i basically do like fire emoji it's really simple it's called spin taxing it's the simplest algorithm you 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 just use these brackets and then struggle you rappers are salivating right now as they're tearing yeah, up for these uh, services. Yeah. Hit me up. You know, you just, <laughs> you just need the, uh, the flame emojis and like various different things. And then I click generate and it'll generate thousands oh, wow. and thousands combinations. of combinations, combinations of, of what you want. And then we just throw them on there. Um, like fire track. And then next comment will be the track is fire. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And then it's usually 0.05% of the views or 0.5% of the views is the uh, comments. And then I think 4% of the views is like, I have it memorized because, you know, and there's the likes. I, I don't really do it to my own shit because, you know, I'm not like a rapper where it really like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it'll just look weird because they're like, this is some experimental shit. Right? How, how, how useful would you say that is for an artist though? Like realistically? Super important because everybody these days is on some perception shit. You know, as soon as they see the numbers are, different you know then everybody starts to treat it differently and starts to see it as a business opportunity or they they want to hop, hop on the bandwagon before the train takes off you know they want to get something in on it you know that's crazy um and uh i definitely think it's 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 all about perception and people are just sheep you know what i mean and yeah there's been all kind of tactics that people have been using on twitter on instagram like when i started learning about this it was like someone pulling back the curtain and all these all these things like i thought were cool and like clout you know and oriented i just realized a lot of it that's crazy so you, you know, found you you just found out like damn actually there's a lot more that goes into this stuff yeah for sure you know there's there's so much and and i, I think as humans we're gonna try our best to exploit everything we can until we're caught and until we're stopped from doing that you know right. and and f for me it's like i definitely keep it careful on my own like i don't do too much on my own stuff just because i'm pretty sure that in the long course of time people will with machine learning algorithms they will be able to detect any kind of fuckery yeah but a lot of people have been offsetting that by instead of doing that you know using fan pages for example and then like blowing up fan pages and then you know in a in a sus way where if they get punished it's like they're like the burner accounts and then taking those accounts and diverting traffic to your main Right. You know, people were doing that for a while. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure all you kids out there who are listening, I'm sure you guys see all this shit and already kind of like had a feeling about it too. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nah, they're all like, no, we didn't know. <laughs> and they're all shocked. Um, I mean, uh, that's crazy. I mean, one thing that you, you always kind of inform me on a lot of the things that's kind of happening or it's about to go into. And one thing I remember you talking about is like, the whole thing with uh, computers generating algorithms to make their own songs. Oh yeah. So robots like making their own beats essentially, right? Yeah, I mean, a, a and lot then of we remember we like saw an article 
or I shared an article with you where like Warner Brothers or something signed their first artificial intelligent like algorithm to make beats. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm def I definitely think that's that's happening, you know, and um, because I mean that doesn't that's not really far fetched because you can program something to generate random thing random patterns to make a beat. Yeah, definitely. You could you could you could do that and then have some counterpoint rules and then in the future it, it, the way I would do it is like because music is constantly changing, I think it's it's not necessarily about generating, it's about listening, right? So if if you could write a good algorithm that could listen to music and can kind of break because like even trap music, it, it just keeps the drum patterns and these things keep changing. So then I'd want to write an algorithm that's constantly studying the new shit, studying the new patterns. And then being able to regenerate it using that. Yeah. Um, I, I have something I, I did for a homework assignment that's like doing that with lyrics. You remember I was showing you? It kind of like the lyrics end up not making any sense. But then it's kind of interesting because I, I, I had my intern take all of Kanye's uh, lyrics, maybe like 30. Uh, no, not, not all his lyrics, maybe 30 to 50 songs somewhere around there. And then I press generate and then it'll create like just unlimited bars with it. <laughs> yeah 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 so wait what 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 was it doing it took kanye's bars and then what it, it's it's really simple it's 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 you know for all the real nerds out there it's actually not you know super high tech it's just a simple markov model um but essentially it just looks at the probability of what words and what what text happens after another one and then it uses that to generate using some, his kind of regular patterns that regular he, yeah. patterns or, or like if if but it kind of fucks it up because if you repeat a hook many times, then when it hits a yeah. word in the hook, then because the probability of it hitting, you know, going to the next words is high, it ends up kind of like repeating people's hooks a little right. bit more, you know? Yeah. But um, it's kind of useful if you, if you have like writer's block and you don't know what to do or if you think that there's like a beauty in the poeticness of the machine. Sometimes I think it's beautiful because it's like just the concept of it, like no human came up with it you know yeah. what i mean and then it, they'll say some weird ass shit right. that like people wouldn't have thought of you know you think robots will get signed in the future yeah definitely definitely i think um according to J this guy jack Audley, noise the political economy of music i remember i used to tell you about that he said that like technology in the future would would make it so everybody can make their own music and the music ceases to have exchange value and becomes an autonomous, a form of autonomous self-pleasure. That's what he said, you know? Wow. And then I, I always believed in that. That's why I always like coded the sh I wanted, I didn't want to become obsolete, you know? So it, you think the programmer or the coder will essentially be the manager or the label? Yeah, essentially. And then, but then there's definitely human aspects that we're very drawn to and that really sell to music, you know? And I think what will end up happening is like, the human will just be the face of the music, but yeah. the, but the beats and the lyrics and the song will be algorithmically generated because they'll have an algorithm that can maximize the amount of um, you know click-throughs from ads or something you know or like they'll be able to maximize like against something like profits or something you know what I mean right 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 yeah. you just put out an album. Yeah. Let's talk about that before the robots take over. Yeah. It's, uh. <laughs> it, yeah. It's called Human Recursion. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a bunch of experimental shit. Um, Super tight. All the beats are dope. I mean, I've been a big fan for a minute. Um, here's a little fun fact. He actually produced a song on my first, first album way back in the day. That's oh, not shit. even on Spotify or Apple Music anymore. Um, but it was called She Don't Care. 
right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know how to produce back then. I didn't have my app. Yeah. I don't know. What he I was, was super not proud of that beat. Remember, you said that you didn't even know you sent that yeah, one in particular. I, I think it was a sample, and then I put some drums to it. You know, like most producers start out, I was like sampling most of my shit. Um, but it was a good song. The songwriting was really good. You know, so yeah. I mean, I was learning how to do shit too at the time. I didn't, you know, but uh, it was like our first collaboration. Yeah, <laughs> and it was an accident. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, I think we went on our uh, first tour together too. Yeah. No, wait, no. Wait, maybe, not, maybe not. But maybe I was I, it not the I, the Gas Money Millionaires tour. I, I By the way, that was the name of the first tour I was ever on. It was called Gas Money Millionaires, which I, I thought was <laughs> fire at the time for sure. I, I think I might have done a couple shows with the with the rappers, you know, maybe on that tour. Yeah. But yeah. those were yeah th those were the days back then. Were you use, are you using like a lot of the face filters that you're working on as like um, I know you're like kind of cross promoting your music like that. Yeah, I'm actually trying to come with a face filter for almost every track on my on my project. Oh, that's cool. And, and then, is it like according to the the style of the song or what it's kind of about? Yeah, or? exactly. It's it's to the style of the song, and then I'll also drop like a 3D audio reactive visual. I've been making a lot of 3D shit in a game engine, so then. You don't have to render it like basically I'm, I'm gonna drop a video later on today that it took me like I mean as far as the level and the 3d shit was already made but for me to just like render it it's like me playing the game and just shooting the screen you know so I can make these visuals in real time like without having to render for like a week or something you know what I mean yeah we uh, we've uh, also were roommates together by the way um, this guy and me and actually the free nationals from Anderson Anderson Pax band and that was a pretty wild time yeah, in that house. That we, was the best. Those we've had some stories. Oh, there's a video of me kimchi slapping this guy. Oh, yeah, check that with out. With a whole spicy <laughs> cabbage, like just a, I don't know what you call a whole thing that's not cut up yet, but it's yeah. a slab of cabbage that I slapped this fool with. It would just it was a kimchi slap. I saw yeah. it on the internet. Somebody did it to another person. We saw it in like a Korean Korean drama soap, kind soap of thing. Drama, yeah. Yeah. And then he convinced me. But you know. You can see it on my uh, vlogs. I used to vlog a lot back then. And it was cool. I mean our house was dope because we had a lot of like artists come through all the time. We had like Hippie Sabotage, Doja Cat, Tarani, Omari, like a bunch of uh free nationals were there obviously. Like a lot of really dope LA musicians, Huey Briss. We'd freestyle there, smoke mad blunts, yeah. party girls. It was lit. It was lit. That's definitely. I, I swear to God, that's the best time of my life. Like that. That short period of time, that was the funnest time I've ever had. You know. Yeah. No, it was so fun. It was we great. had a studio there. Um, Anderson obviously was recording a bunch of shit there, but it was it was an EOM. Rest in peace. Was living in there too. Yeah. Rest in peace. And uh, man, it was a really good time. It was kind of wild too, though. It was wild. It was crazy. Like, I almost felt like, you know, people, like, girls would get a bad reputation just for coming through to the house <laughs> down here, you know? Nah, it was, it, there was no reputation. It was just a turn up fucking central there. It just, people, like, because all of us were, everybody's a musician in the house. So that was kind of the annoying part. No, you don't really get time, like, alone because everyone's working at the house all day. You know what I mean? Like if people, if like your roommate had a nine to five job, then they'd be gone they'd for be the gone. day and you'd be cool. You know, like that's why it's cool to be like the only, if you have roommates and you're the only musician sometimes because you have some alone time to work on your shit, you know, but man, that's like all six musicians always at the crib all the time with different room was bass bumping. Yeah. People upstairs with the piano and yeah, it was cool. It was fun though. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, um, 
you're you're like one of the friends that I feel like kind of know so much information and shit, but you have this other side that's like huge stoner and like when we're driving, I'm like make a left here, you make a right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think my dad's like that too. You know, like he's really smart in his field, but everything else he's like retarded. And I think I'm the same way. You know. What do your parents do? Um, my dad was like a professor, but he does like he's an engineer. And then, you know, my mom was into, like, international... She, she was into, like, economics. She used to be an economics professor back in the day. That's crazy. My homegirl, you know, our homegirl, K.O., her parents are both, like, scientists, too. Oh, dope. Yeah, a lot of, like, engineering scientist families, yeah. yeah I always yeah. wondered how that's, like, growing up with, like, teacher kind of parents. Like, are they usually, like, pretty busy? They were busy, but I remember they used to try to teach me all kinds of shit. Or they used to, like, after I got back from school every all the other kids got to go play but then my mom would make sit down and like make me do math with her or something oh so there was actually like a lot of homeschooling elements yeah i remember uh, especially like math they were homeschooling me a lot back in the day that's crazy yeah, yeah i mean what, what was your like exposure to music and everything because like i mean you also have a eclectic like fashion sense and all that like where where would you say a lot of that influence came from was it japan would you say i don't yeah, know i don't know i think I've, I've always been fond of japan because you know when i moved from there it was like moving from the most like exciting metropolitan all these lights and fire toys yeah to like illinois somewhere where i was like yo there's no toys that are good you know <laughs> and, then, and then uh but oh, then, Japan had fire toys when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. And then I used to work for Native Instruments, I used to, which is a, a music uh, technology company in Germany, in Berlin. So I used to do research for them, and I lived in Berlin for like two summers. And then I got to see how different that scene is. And, right. You know what I mean? But then I'd say maybe like the L.A. beat scene, some of my experiences abroad. L.A. was actually very experimental. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, into production and even like the rap um, crew that I come from and like which I consider like the open mic I come from which was like my rap school I would say like all the MCs I would like encounter there were so experimental Yeah, I, I don't know if that's because it was just jazz influenced or what but people were out there yeah everybody was about you know trying to push the boundaries and they felt like by standing out and by being different was the way to succeed like the, you know they felt like being different is how you succeed whereas I feel like the problem with a lot of music now is like people they feel like you know whoever can imitate the best and be the, the most the same you're you're rewarded for that more you know that's um, true i would say i you know it's funny because obviously music and, and art it's like being different is always like the cool thing but you don't get really get rewarded for it anymore yeah you know, before i feel like you would get rewarded it was like cool to be different uh, my theory is that like now with more and more people making music, so many people making music now, it's like by being the same as everyone, it's almost like authenticity, and that and that uh, sense of authenticity is what makes it makes music appeal to people. Or like I don't know, there's like a you know what I mean where like if someone's too original, it's it almost makes them feel like they're like they don't know what they're doing because they're you know what i mean so you're saying they don't sound authentic to the culture because people are too unfamiliar with it is yeah that what it is? Or, yeah or, or or something not you know like yeah something along those lines like i feel like today's music especially in hip-hop is is driven around you know yeah authenticity and an artificial hierarchy that's that's built as, um, as a producer, what do you think is kind of like the next wave of, you know, the style of beats, you know? 
Um, that, that cats are gonna want to like rap on and shit. Oh, that that people are gonna want to rap on. I, I think beats are just getting simpler and simpler. Um, and you think it's just gonna keep going that route or what? Or, I, I mean, not even simplicity, I would say, but like you know whether it's like BPM or the style or what you know like boom bap trap. I mean, obviously trap is kind of like it's been going out, you know, um, on its way out for a minute. Yeah. Um, I mean. Or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I think that's a really interesting topic, you know, because even in like 2011, I, I remember amongst like certain European producer homies and some of my homies are like, trap is dead, trap is dead, you know. But then what I've learned is that trap never dies. It just changes. And if, right, if, right. You, if you really look at the drum patterns. It's like patterns, EDM. People was telling that about EDM and shit. Yeah, you know. And I, but I feel like I can distinctively hear differences in the drum pattern. And that like, and to be honest, if you listen to house music or one of these other types of genres and you, you you just look at the drum pattern it stays pretty much the same and then people might say traps played out but if you listen to every single trap song and you really analyze the rhythm and the drum patterns it's really different on each one yeah so it's like so it's like the only thing that is grouping them together is i guess like the aesthetic and the uh you know the, this sense of a genre but the actual information in the track, like where the drums are placed, I think it's it's constantly evolving and staying fresh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, have you been working with any vocalists these days or what? Yeah. You've, I've always I always found the the artists you work with very interesting too, because you've worked from cats like Alex Wiley to uh, uh, Mikey Rocks, right? Yeah, Michael or, or like uh, uh, this guy named Rex Life Raj. I've been doing a lot of yeah, shit with. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, um, that's a Bay Area cat too. I, I end up just, you know, there's a lot of these guys who are like placement, placement producers. So they yeah. go out and they send out beats and they're constantly like, I end up just working with whoever hits me up. You know what I mean? Like right, right, whoever right. ends up bothering me the most and, and, give, and making it the most giving me the most win-win situation you want that my gal beat you, you know, know that my gal heat just holler at him just holler at me that's all it takes really just holler at me and some people make it like, a win for me you know some and people make it they think it's a lot more difficult right and i'm not saying it's easy but for your experience say like uh, just a random rapper hit you up how easy is it for them to work with you i think it's easy if especially if they make it like a win for me you know so it, it, what would that would they you they'd have to probably send you a track and you'd listen to it yeah and and it's dope or, or and that's all or, it is like if you like if, the track they, they break me off with some bread right right or if, or if let's say they get like mad Spotify listeners and then they're like yo I'll give you like a cut on you know I'll give you a certain percentage on a master and then you so you would still do it for something pub. like that like a, a particular deal like that like yeah, on because, the back end yeah definitely because because honestly on the back end right now i make more money off just a couple of my rapper homies uh, and those songs just because those songs do so much bigger numbers and reach right. like more people or they'll get it'll get put on like nba 2k or something i end up getting more bread off that than my own which is most produ i guess that's most producers right 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 right. that's like that's like every placement producer out there makes more money off of right. their placements than their own music but um, I but I still want to put out my own music too, though. You know what I mean? I still think it's really important to do that. And um, what's really interesting with like hip hop and like house music or other types of electronic music is in hip hop, like the producer honestly gets kind of shitted on because like the producer does mad work, but then the it all goes to the artist really. But if you look at house music, if you look at um, you know some of these dudes like Duke Damon, who's trying to get me to ghost produce for him and all this shit, like he'll do a whole song where it's like you know probably somebody else produced that shit for him and he has a different vocalist but you know what i mean but the vocalist isn't even credited 
and then right. you know what I mean where the, where the fucking producer is the king and and maybe that's the type of music I need to be making but <laughs> but, but sometimes you know I I end up just making what I genuinely like right and sometimes what I genuinely like is this type of music where you know the producer does get a little bit shitted on yeah I mean it was tough for a long time I feel for the producer to collect you know what I'm yeah. saying and like y'all had to fight for that shit you know what I mean and oh it, for sure I, I mean I think it's in a lot better place now um, and the respect, you know, and and the compensation is still there, right? Would you say it's it's still unfair or not? Not much. No, it's still, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's gone to a place where it's good, right? I think it's way better now. You know, what I mean, especially um, as more and more of these like distribution platforms, they come up with ways where online you can do the split online. You right. know what I mean? And or like DistroKid or places like Stem, or you can just split the song. And then, um, so things are getting a lot more fair. And then, honestly, when streaming came and like all the streaming money came, I remember there was like a point where we were all looking at record sales, like CD sales. Yeah. And I remember that shit died down. And then there was a point where like the royalties and like the money from music was at a the low at a low point. Yeah. And then streaming came along. Right. And then you saw your monthly checks come back, kind of, and be be way better. Um, and I think in in this world, uh. Yeah, I think it's it's mutually symbiotic. Like producers need rappers, and rappers need or like vocalists and vocalists need producers, and then together they can make more streaming money, and get playlisted. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's tough because the streaming money isn't crazy either. I yeah, mean it could be though. It could, it be. could be depending depending on certain songs. Like right. I guess the more shit you make, you you know you're opening up the more chance of it getting like a lot more listens. You know what I'm saying, and and throwing it up there. Um, but I, yeah, to be honest, I feel like yeah, it's it still shows. You know, for yeah, me personally. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, uh, my gal, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's promote your album. <laughs> my bad, I fucking blanked out right there no, it's all as good. I was talking about some shit. Um, is there uh, anything you want to promote uh, before we? Um, I think we promoted everything. Just my app, Poly Playground. Check out my face filters. And then check out my new album, Human Recursion. Just are you planning to do some visual? I mean, you're such a visual dude. I feel like, and you've never put out a music video. Yeah, I guess I have little things. I've been doing these mini music videos. Um, like I'll put another one up on my Instagram. I just create these 3D worlds, and then I think of a really novel way to have it move to the music. Right. And then it's to me, it's they're super compelling for like 30 seconds. Or like as one scene in the music video, but I feel like if I wanted to do a music video, I'd want to like go in and make it super interesting the whole time. So I, I consider them more like music visualizers, you know, like that, like the new uh, Lil Nas X song after he dropped after Old Town Road. He didn't really drop a full on music video. It's like it was like a looping right, 3D right. thing. Like I, you know, hit me up for those. I'm 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 trying to make those, you know, because they're a little bit. They don't take as much effort to make than a full video this guy produces and also so i mean he's like a full all time like all around stop for a vocalist or a rapper if you think about it because you provide beats you can make the visualizer and uh, and i could pump the views for you afterwards, <laughs> yeah afterwards and he could pump the views for you on youtube to get you popping so he's yeah. a one-stop shop one-stop shop and he and he won't bug you with ads under uh instagram pictures like yo three hundred dollars for a graphic image you know <laughs> well that's like a huge hustle on uh, instagram i noticed a lot of artists selling cover art oh wow i did not know that yeah no it's like that's like the a huge hustle i always see kids like yo hit me up for the cover art 
people there's a dying there's a market for cover oh, art bro. shit Maybe yeah i gotta do that yeah i mean so, the, the moving cover art bro yeah i, I think that I'll, like i have a homie who, who who does that type of shit he'll do like uh you know for like apple music or mm-hmm. i think there's a new a new lane because every single record that drops every new drake record whatever that drops right. They need that like 10 second moving image that represents the song. Right, right. Like the cup, like the thumbnail or cover art, but it's moving, right? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's always fun, you know. It's always fun to like tie music and visuals together because oftentimes, like, one of my boys might drop an album. Even you, you know, might drop something, and then I'll listen to it and I'll be like, "Yo, this is cool." And then, but I might like have a little bit of it burn into my memory. And then a, a week or two weeks later, I see the video for it and the visual for it. And it's like, whoa, you know, it, it, there's been mad times where this has happened, where, I, you know, once it's been recontextualized with the visual, it just makes the music so much more compelling. You know, do you have like uh, I mean, do you have any ambition and work in the music industry with so much of your knowledge? Because I feel like you dropped a lot of gems for anybody kind of wanting to know the ins and outs, you know, far as analytics and stuff yeah and and i can code i can do everything you know somebody need to hire your boy yo <laughs> like i swear to god there's nobody in the in the game that that is better to hire i mean because yeah boy, you do you know, know like the music side and you know the other side which is like numbers and everything in life is fucking numbers you know what i'm saying exactly i mean know? patterns and all this shit so you do kind of know that yeah and i'll produce circle you're like the oracle the bro roster you know you're the fucking saying? oracle bro <laughs> yeah. of the music matrix they need a somebody need to give me a retainer. <laughs> Put him on retainer. Yo. Put me on retainer. I'll do anything. Yo, Mike <laughs> Gow, uh, the night owl. Don't 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 throw in the white towel. Lights out. Now, I'm driving down to five thousand five south, south right now. Right now, playing Pi Gow. Um, I hope your career never dies down. Oh, I never heard that one. Uh thank you for coming to my hideout. Um Oh wow. And um, I hope you never get blackballed or white out. Let's uh, go. Let's go get some Chinese food and eat some fried chow. <laughs> that, that was a stretch. That was a stretch. All but right. Um, don't wild out. Stay safe. My gal, bow down. Thank you bow for coming down. on Fun with Dumb, bro. Appreciate it. Tune in next week for another episode of Fun with Dumb. Yee.